Welcome back to the first annual Academy Awards of Detroit Strange. Our podcast? That's presenter Jessica over there. That's presenter Alex? Yes. Welcome. May I please have the envelope? Yes. Is this one with the envelope? Do they do envelopes? Sure. Okay. Is there a golden seal? And the winner of best podcast recorded in this basement is... Oh my gosh, it's Detroit Strange. Oh my gosh, I was totally not expecting this. Oh my gosh, such an honor. Uh, I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank Planet Net Podcast for letting us be on their network. Thanks to my mom for always being a supporter. Yes, and uh, thanks to you, Alex. Thanks to you, Jess. Oh, we couldn't do it without each other. It's so true. Yes. And thanks to Detroit for being strange. Yes. We need it. Always. <laughs> I wasn't expecting any of that. Oh, I know. I just I had the idea as you hit record. So I was like, I'm going, oh, I'm going with it. I'm getting a little wild over there. You know, your microphone. Gone to my head. Mm-hmm. we've won one award and I'm just knocking <laughs> things over. One award given to us by us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but we are recording this on the Oscars day. We are. Uh, which is gay Super Bowl. Yes. I don't know if you knew that. It's gay Super Bowl. Yes. Because you told me. Yes. <laughs> Um, and I know about as much about it as I know about this. Actually, no, I know a little more about the Oscars than I know about the Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited about the Oscars. I mean, we've talked about it multiple times, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking it'd be fun if we made a couple of predictions. I love that idea, although I haven't seen most of the movies. Me neither. It's been a light year for me. I've only seen two of the nominated movies. I saw Parasite, which I loved, and I saw Judy, which I loved. Okay. I want to see Parasite really bad. I've heard a lot of good things, but the only one... still playing at Landmark. I know. I saw that. And actually, uh, there was somebody else playing at recently. Uh, Little Woman? Oh, no. No, no, no. Was it the Um, Weird Little Theater in Detroit? No, I don't remember. Me and producer Patty were talking about seeing Little Women this week. I'll let you know when we're going. Yeah. Always let me know when you're going to a movie and you, you're you not going alone. If you're going alone, go alone. Have that you know experience. But yeah. um, if I'm around, I'm always game to see a movie and I love seeing movies, but Same. I don't see enough. No, the only one I've seen is Knives Out. But Knives then there's a lot out. I really want to see because I want to see Once, a, Once Upon a Time... Uh, Same in Los Angeles. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Hollywood. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, I really want to see that just because the whole, you know, seventies um, LA thing. Well, in the whole Manson. Yeah, I, like, I know it's honestly, not like the don't basis know a ton of it. about it, but like the more and more I hear about, it, I'm like, I probably should have seen that movie. Well, I know a lot of it takes place to the next door to where where Sharon Tate's murdered. Like Sharon Tate yeah. is represented in it. It's not the main part of the movie, but yeah, because Margot Robbie plays her, I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really want to see that one. I really want to see Judy because because you recommended oh it. Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah. If Renee doesn't win the Oscar, I will fly to Hollywood and burn down the Academy. And then I'll make a movie out of it. Yes. <laughs> and hopefully get nominated. Judy too, burning <laughs> sensation. <laughs> Judy to feel the burn. Yes. <laughs> Judy 2020. Feel the burn. Um, yeah, but yeah, I haven't seen many of them. So yeah. my my prediction is for whatever Knives Out got nominated, that's going to win. I think it was... I liked that a lot. It was either original or adapted screenplay. I know it was one of the screenplay ones. Okay. It must have been original. I don't know. But... I believe you. I think that's what I voted for, too. I... Um, I think best picture. I want it to be Parasite. Mm-hmm. I'm hope. I think it could. I think Parasite's got a good chance. Mm-hmm. I think I voted Parasite on your your little thing. Yeah, just because I've heard so much like buzz. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of people are saying that 1917 is like the safe pick for Oscars. 
like mm-hmm. for best picture. I haven't, I didn't see that one. I wasn't interested until I heard more about it. And it almost like, it looks like it's supposed to look like a video game, almost like a first person shooter or third person. Shooter, one of the shooters. Thing. Yeah. I don't know what that movie is at all. World War One. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think I zone out when war movies come out. I, this is terrible. There's so many war movies. I don't blame you. And there's some that are good, but like a lot of them are just very long and I have a hard time watching like long battle scenes sometimes because That's there's like, watch the Irishman. I hear it's like three hours. It was, I, I watched it. How would you think? It was long. I think it could have been cut down a bit because I think. So you have seen more than just. Oh, I forgot. You're right. I saw that. Yes, 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 yes. I did see. Oh, two. I'm at two. Yes. Um, And it was, I, I enjoyed it. I think the acting was good, but I do think it was long and I think it made it hard for me to pay attention. And then just because it was one of those areas where there's so many names. Yeah. And they're so similar because even when I was doing the Hoffa story, there were all those like Tonys and stuff. Yeah. And I remember getting confused during that. Yes. And like, so watching that is also very like hard to kind of keep track of them. And I even knew a lot of the names going into watching it. Yeah. And I was still like, oh, okay. Wait, what? Like kind of trying to keep it all straight. So I think it was good in the fact that it was like very informative, but it was very long. So it was hard to kind of like yeah. maintain. I had to watch it in a couple of settings for sure. I think it took me like three. Yeah. Yeah. Should have been a mini series. Honestly. Yeah. 40 minutes, like four times. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my other prediction is that Renee Zellweger is going to win for Judy, which well-deserved. And I think she's won it for every award show before this. And this is kind of like the last one. Mm-hmm. It's the last stop in the awards season train. Okay. Okay. This, uh, okay. Yeah. Again, I know very little about the awards shows. I know entirely too much. <laughs> I know the word EGOT. Yeah. <laughs> because of 30 Rock. Yes. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Um, so we'll know by the time this comes out if I ever any predictions are correct. Yeah. So that's exciting because we might sound like geniuses or total idiots right now. And that's the joy of the Oscars. Yeah. And the joy of recording before. Yes. (laughs) Ah, fantastic. How is the rehearsal for the Vagina Malogs going? Uh, Great. Today was dress rehearsal. Ooh. Um, I dressed like a giant vagina. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I was literally about to ask you if you did that. (laughs) Wouldn't that be fun, though, if somebody performed the vagina monologues, everybody dressed as a giant vagina? Yes. Our friend has a uh, giant vagina costume. So, I mean, it's not too late. Yeah. You could borrow it. I, mm, it doesn't fit in the dress code, though. We're Uh, we're wearing all black with a splash of red somewhere. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that. Can you just be a red beret? I could if I had one. I'm wearing red Converse. That's fun. Yeah, I had them and I kept like going back and forth, but and, and a good red lip, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. But um, no, it'll be fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Nice. And a, a very like a uh, big weekend of, of performing, which was fun. Yeah. Yeah. In different yeah, capacities. A busy so. weekend. I did. I didn't know it was busy until it started happening. And I was like, I thought this was an easy weekend. It That's always not. like an unpleasant surprise. Even if it's like fun stuff, it's like, damn, a lot busier than I thought it was. Yeah. Well, yesterday was a lot of fun. Cause, um, I, I actually, um, 
was went on the Michael Dupree Variety Hour. So yes. everybody should listen to that on February 24th. Uh, and that was a lot of fun as always. Michael is a delight. Uh, he had a really good musician on there as well. She was fantastic. Um, and then I, I helped with some videos and that was really cool to be like yeah. doing that kind of stuff all day. And then today with the rehearsal and stuff. And yeah, it's been kind of go, go, go. Yeah. So yeah. Well, now we need to kick back with a drink. Yeah. It's true. Did, you had a good weekend too. Yeah, family. it was my sister's birthday on Thursday. So went out there. Uh, we went to a, a winery by my parents' house. Ooh la la. Uh, there's these like little igloo things you can rent by like the two hour blocks. We rented one oh, for a two hour block and drank a bunch of wine. I drank an entire bottle of cranberry wine by myself when I was going to bed. I'm like, I am already hungover. This is the worst decision. Was it sweet? It sounds sweet. It wasn't like terribly sweet, but it is. It was a sweeter wine. Yeah. I just had like such a bad headache. I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. So. (laughs) Sounds fun though. I mean, it was a good weekend. Minus hangover. Yeah. Yeah. I made my sister's birthday cake. It was a nice chocolate bunt. Oh, oh yeah. I saw the photo. Very lovely candle in the middle. And by that. We couldn't find birthday candles. So it was a jar candle in the hole of the bunt. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Yeah. I fixed it. Yeah. I fixed the bunt. Yes. Isn't that uh, my big fat Greek wedding? Yeah. Yeah. I fixed it. It was a flower. No. So cute. I really wanted to find a flower to put in it, but I didn't have time. Yeah. <laughs> I should just cut what I put that is off and put it on the top. That's actually such a great part. It's a cake with a hole. Yeah. It's a butt. <laughs> the cake has a hole. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, anyway, uh, yes. So now we're sitting back with some uh, delicious cocktails. Yeah, here it's delicious. Yeah. I taste gin. I taste grapefruit. I taste rosemary because I can also see it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're tasting it with your nose too. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like a take on. Um, I always thought a Greyhound was traditionally grapefruit and vodka, but I learned recently it can also be with gin. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a take on it. So I'm actually. I'm going to give my topic away a little bit and just name it okay. to do with my topic. And I'm going to call it instead of a greyhound, it is a Gordy hound. Okay. So I like that. Cheers with this Gordy hound. Love that. Yes. We've also got some dried flowers in it for, for Aesthetics. pretty. Yes. Ooh, <laughs> refreshing. So, um, do you know where I'm going with my topic now? Um, Gordy Howe. He was, a. a a sports guy. He was a sports guy, but that is Hockey? a different sports guy. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, I'm not doing the sports. That's, I was surprised when you said Gordy Howe. I'm like, isn't he sports? All I remember him from is that Simpsons episode. Actually, is he even from Michigan? I don't... Oh, no, he definitely was a Red Wing. Yeah. <laughs> this is how good at sports I am. Well, the only reason I know him is from The Simpsons. There's I an episode where Bart um, cuts his picture out and like gets it to Mrs. Kravapel and she thinks that that's who she's writing letters to. But it's really Bart. Oh, I remember that episode. Yeah. Yes. Um, no, we're actually going to talk about not somebody with the first name Gordy, but the last name Gordy. So okay. um, the most famous person in this or well-known person in this group is probably Barry Gordy. Yeah. Does that ring a bell? I know him. Okay. So we're actually not going to talk about him specifically though, because I feel like he, th- there's a lot there. There's a lot That's to like a series, not a single episode. Yeah. Cause like so, you'd have to get into like a lot. But I figured if we sprinkle it in every once in a while, yeah. if we both cover, you know, a little bit at a time. Yeah. So today um, I just wanted to talk about some other, or some other Gordy's. So there were a lot of siblings. 
Okay. A lot of siblings. So for anybody um, who's like, oh my gosh, I know this name. Why do I know this name? This is the creator of Motown Records, okay. uh, which was uh, housed in Hitsville, USA. That was the name of the actual like studio. There. Which is now a museum, a fabulous museum. It is the uh, Motown Museum. And yeah. actually they're expanding. I don't know if they opened up their expansion yet or not. I need to go see an expanded because I, I saw it like pre-expansion. Me too. Me too. And it was fabulous. Then I can't yeah. imagine to see because I remember seeing the renderings. I'm like, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it was already really cool because like they already had that studio space you can go into yeah. and then there's like the little movie and then all the memorabilia and really, really well set up. Uh, it is one of the, like the top tourist destinations, you know, in the city itself. Oh, proper. Sure. It always makes it on like the list and stuff like that. But I actually was inspired to talk about some other Gordy siblings from a talk I went to at the Detroit Public Library. Yeah. Um, my friend Wendy and I, we went to a, it was a talk all about like the Black Bottom neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it talked about um, kind of how different people will tell you different areas that it actually existed in and, and whatnot. And part of it was this man was talking about different bars and businesses and stuff that existed where now like 375 exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them was called The Flame. And a lot of acts for Motown Records came out of this particular club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the inhabitants of that club kind of finding people were some of the Gordy sisters. Mm-hmm. So... All in all, the Gordys, there were a ton of siblings, like I said. There was Esther Gordy, Anna Gordy. It says it's L-O-U-C-Y, so I'm not sure if it's pronounced Lucy or like Lousy. I think Lucy. Um, Gwen, Fuller, George, Barry, and Robert. Okay. So lots of kids. So I'm going to focus on the two eldest of the sisters, okay. Esther and Anna. Uh, so Esther Gordy was the eldest daughter. Like I said, she was born in April of 1920 and she passed away August, 2011. Um, she was also kind of the brains of the operation when things were getting up and running. Mm-hmm. So she attended Cass Tech high school and then Howard university. So very well educated woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she married a Detroit politician named George Edwards. So she came to be Esther Gordy Edwards mm-hmm. uh, in 1951 in the mid forties. She founded the Gordy printing company with two of the other brothers, the older brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, she and her husband created their Perberry co-op, a service to provide loans to family members specifically. Of the Barry, of like the Gordy family? Yeah. Interesting. Isn't that very interesting? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it was just like the Gordys and also the, uh, his family, to, uh, George Edwards, her yeah. husband's family as well, but definitely to the Gordys because in 1959, Barry approached the family loan business for an $800 loan to start up a record company. What a good investment that turned out to be. Seriously. So uh, it took a little bit of convincing, but Esther finally gave in. And I know actually in the museum, I'm pretty sure they actually have like the loan documents and stuff like on display. So which is neat. And after establishing Motown Records, Esther served as the vice president and handled a lot of the label business. Mm -hmm. So she maintained the books, ran the office. She also ran International Talent Management Incorporated. And she brought sophistication and a little polish to the singers and the performers. Um, I feel like now that you said that, I remember like them talking about her on the tour in the museum. I know it kind of started coming back into play a little so bit when I was doing this research. Back, so coming back, back to, to me now. now. Um, oh, now that's going to be in my head. So she took lead management and booking tours for some of the acts too. So she kind of really got a lot of the business angles. Uh-huh. In the mid 60s, she um, was the chief executive officer for the label itself. CEO and HBIC. Yes, which actually she was succeeded by in 1972. So she was in this, you know, for 
for about a decade, a little shy of a decade, uh, by Smokey Robinson. Okay. So in 1972, Barry moved to LA, which was a little controversial. Yeah, Some I people were that. not into it. Uh, and Esther remained in Detroit, actually. And she maintained the 2648 West Grand Boulevard house, known as Hitsville, USA. USA. So nine years after that, she established the, the actual museum itself. Uh-huh. And she basically tracked down a lot of original equipment and memorabilia to set up the museum as yeah. it is now. She passed away after battling illness for a long time in her Jefferson Towers apartment in 2011. She was 91 years old, but she was surrounded by family and friends. Oh, yeah. She lived a long life. It sounds like a long, good life. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's successful, too. Yeah. Like highly successful. So now we're going to talk about another one. uh, Also successful woman of the the Gordy Bunch. um, Anna, also known as Anna Gordy Gay. So she was, born, to guy. <laughs> she was born in 1922, so a few years younger than Esther. Uh-huh. And she is actually the ex-wife of Marvin Gaye. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> She's a very interesting uh, relationship with him, which we'll get to in a few. I should have made that connection right away. Motown, uh, that's I, yeah. yeah. No, that's why I, I thought this was interesting because I didn't know that at all. Yeah. I never made that connection and it took me a second too. I only knew it because at this... Um, the talk. The talk, the man was talking and this guy was fascinating. I wish I had written his name down. I have it somewhere, but um, in my phone somewhere. But he was talking about... He had this picture of the two of them and also Esther was in it and she was with one of the other like prolific artists that she was dating at the time but she didn't end up like marrying him but she was like he was talking about this and he's like and she married Marvin Gaye and I was like what oh my gosh tell me more um so she was a record executive in the mid to late 50s obviously not for Motown yet because yeah. it didn't exist. Um, she was helping to distribute releases from Checker and Gone Records. And then she formed a label called Anna with her sister Gwen and a nine, guy named Billy Davis. So she, her self-named record label, Anna. Yes. <laughs> In 1959, she met a new transplant to the city named Marvin Gaye. Uh-huh. He was about 20 years old then. He basically, he came to work on Tamla Records, which if you've been on that tour, Tamla Records was one of the subsidiaries yeah. of Motown Records. Um, so this is, you know, not too far after Motown had actually been established and Tamla was one of the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I definitely can even picture the Tamla logo right now. Yes. And I want to say, I can't remember, but I think the name was actually derived from a few of the siblings. I can't remember that. I can't. I'm making that up. I might be making that up. Uh, Um, I should have looked it up, but I didn't. And so they were very attracted to each other. And they over three years, they started dating uh, and they were married in 1963. So they had a a very like intense relationship for sure. There was a lot of like creativity and artistry and a lot of, you know, ideas going back and forth. Uh-huh. Um, he even said of her, when I composed Pride and Joy, I was head over heels in love with Anna. I just wrote what I felt about her and what she did for me. She was my pride and joy. Oh, very sweet. Yeah. She helped distribute some of his songs. Also, her own label did become absorbed into the Motown label in 1961, too. So like a lot of that stuff, her earlier stuff came together with her later stuff. Uh Um, She was also a songwriter at 
Motown Records. Okay. Um, so in 1966, after Marvin and Anna experienced a little bit of turbulence, uh, they decided to adopt a boy, Marvin Gay III. A baby fixes everything. Mm-hmm. Don't we know it? Yeah. Time and time again. However, they claimed that he was naturally conceived at the time. Interesting. Yes. So it was only, I think it was just maybe the time period or something to do with that. I don't know exactly. Yeah, I guess like a little weird about that kind of stuff back then. Also, I'm going to tell you who the baby actually, where the baby came from in a second. And maybe that has something to do with it. So later there was a biography written about him called um, Divided Soul, The Life of Marvin Gaye. And Marvin in this book admitted that he, the the son was adopted. Mm -hmm. So this is where it first kind of was brought to light. It was later released that the biological mother of the child was Janice Gordy, one of Anna's nieces. Oh, so I think it might have also been kind of circumstantial and like family protecting family kind of a thing, too. Oh, totally. Yeah. So it didn't say that, but you're inferring. Yeah. Um, It's a good inference. You know, I try. I don't know if that's a word. I, it is today. Sure. Um, in 1971, the couple then moved to Hollywood and two years later filed for divorce. So they did have... A, I was going to ask if she was like with him, like if like divorce under their marriage or his death. Divorce. Okay. They were together for almost about a decade, roughly, when they got divorced. Uh-huh. Um, and she actually received about $600,000 in royalties because this, uh, Marvin used the divorce as inspiration for a 71 minute musical reaccount of the breakup. And he called it here. My dear, uh, it was just a well-known piece. She yeah. actually though threatened to sue for $5 million uh, as it was an invasion of her privacy, but nothing really came of it. It was kind of probably like a um, threat of passion. Yeah. If anything else. Cause again, it sounds like they had probably a very strong connection, uh, but also there's a little turbulence with that sometimes. I don't know why all I'm imagining is the Katy Perry music video for the one that got away. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? I have not. It's I just, was not imagining Katy Perry at all with any of this. It's like, it's just like they're, they're tortured artists together creating art and like they push each other too far and their romance blows up in their face. Okay. Then I, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I mean, creative people can definitely be in romantic relationships together, but sometimes there is like a lot, there's an energy that comes with that too. Yeah. With that like passion. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes it can be complicated. Yeah. Uh, but Marvin Gaye remarried in 1977 and again they actually filed for divorce in like 19 I think it was like the mid 1970s he had actually met his second wife while being married to Anna yeah so but his second marriage ended four years later so in the early 80s Um, but with that in the 80s Anna and Marvin kind of reconciled their friendship Oh, I like that. Yeah. So some time went by. They, you know, still cared about each other. And they even attended a couple award shows together. Oh. Mm-hmm. So Marvin died. Uh, this is probably well-known information, but I thought it was important to include it. Yeah. Uh, one day before his 45th birthday in 1984, after a violent argument with his father, which resulted in his father shooting him. That's so sad. Yeah. And it was later revealed that... Um, Gay Sr. was suffering from a brain tumor. So that might have added to the whatever mm, dispute yeah. was happening. Brain tumors are no bueno. No, no. I mean, really, there's no good kind of tumor. No, definitely. But also a brain tumor it really depends on like what part of the brain it's. it's. The brain is so fickle and weird. Uh-huh. It's crazy how like 
I think it's wild that they can map like, oh, like motor part of the brain is controlled here. Like, mm-hmm. imagine what kind of test they did to figure that out. Yeah. No, it's it's our brains are so wild. Yeah. They're so wild. I they terrify me because they're in, they're just right here. It's right here. And they're, this thing. They're like jello consistency. They're fragile. It's gross. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, they're great. I love my yeah. brain sometimes. Same. Um, so they're she very was, gray too. Everyone thinks they're pink, but they're very gray. I've seen too many brain. I I've seen not that many, and I don't need I've to see a more. Brains. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever eaten a brain? Not like a human brain. You're not a zombie. I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think I've eaten human brain. I don't think I've eaten any brain. Like lamb's brain or something like that's a thing. Goat brain, I think, is a thing. I just took a lot of medical classes, so we had like yeah. a lot of brains come yeah. through there. Yeah. Um, There's like buckets of organs when I took cadaver lab. Gross. Yeah. Gross, gross. Yep. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, there's a bucket of dicks. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Grab that bucket of dicks over there. Too many dicks in the bucket. Too many dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yes. (laughs) Um, On to tragic things. Um, So Anna was pretty devastated by his passing, especially. I mean, that's a really uh, terrible. I mean, any any death is terrible, but that's That's extra tragic. That's like Shakespearean. And out of like nowhere. Like very. Yeah. And he was so young. Yeah. He was 40, almost 45. One yeah. day shy. Entirely too young. Yeah. So she and three of his children scattered most of his ashes in the Pacific Ocean together. And she kept a small portion of them. Did she have any children with him? She the, the adopted, the adopted one. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Marvin Gaye third. Yes. MG3. So she died in 2014. Okay. Uh, three days after her 92nd birthday. Damn, the Gordy's got it going on. Yeah. And remember, at this point, she was already in L.A., so she is also buried in L.A. Okay. Just a couple other side things, too. I mean, Marvin Gaye was such a prolific singer. Oh, yeah. But, and I figure everybody probably knows. I'm just going to list a few of his, like, better known ditties. Do it. Because they're great. And I was listening to him earlier. And yeah. it was fun. Uh, so, Ain't No Mountain High. Enough. <laughs> Sexual Healing. Yeah, I mean a lot of these have been covered too because you yeah. also have to remember like Motown like there was a lot of like oh, switching yeah. around of songs and like covering up oh, songs too. I'm just saying like, this, 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 like these yeah. are songs he sang or had a position in in some capacity. Like some finger in the pot. Yeah I didn't do the research every song. Yeah I don't know. Oh, don't, yeah. yeah. Um, so Sexual Healing uh, Heard It Through the Grapevine. Classic. And then my favorite Let's Get It On. Let's get uh, it Mostly on. because I loved the movie High Fidelity and Jack Black, uh, Jack Black sings "Let's Get Down." Interesting. Yeah, um, it's actually it's, Jack Black uh, is someone that like I don't. He's someone like I don't want to like, but like every once in a while, I'm like, all right, Jack Black. Well, I'll this, give this one to yeah, you. he's like a side character in it because yeah. it's um the Cusacks. Both Cusacks are actually in Joan it. Joan and John. Yeah, John Cusack's the main character. It's off of a book by I think it's Nicholas Hornsby wrote it called High. F- They're doing a TV show right now with um. What's her uh, what's her beautiful face's name? She was in that HBO show that I like. <laughs> Being so specific right now. Give me some more details. She I can probably figure it out. Daughter of Lenny Kravitz. And Zoe Kravitz. Thank you. Zoe Kravitz. Yes. Uh, she's gonna be in a remake, but I think it's a TV like it's gonna be a TV series, but it's of high fidelity. But the whole idea is that this um the original one, the book. 
this guy who works in a record store and he he has this girlfriend, but he's like really, really obsessed with his like record collection. He likes uh, to catalog. He he recatalogs them like all the time, sometimes by like, like books. Yes. And um, so and then he he and his girlfriend at the time, like break up basically. And then so he goes and tries to he top fives everything. He has a top five list for top five, this top five, that top five, this record list cataloging. Mm hmm. And so he goes after his top five breakups to learn what he did wrong, basically. Interesting. Yeah. And so um, Jack Black works at the record place okay. with him. Um, Is it tragic that my first experience with Joan Cusack that. was Ice Princess? Um, yes, because she's amazing. Disney. Yeah. She I was lo- like the coach or mom in that crappy Disney movie with like, what's her face? The like long ponytail girl. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, my first exposure to Joan Cusack, and if you've not seen this movie, please see it, is Toys with Robin Williams. I've never seen it. Oh my gosh. I've never even heard of it. You need, oh my gosh, you need to see Toys. I, I'm it's so into really movies good. right now. It's really weird and creepy. Also, LL Cool J's in it. Okay. I can get it behind that. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, we went on a real movie tangent. I love it because I love these movies. I love LL Cool J in Last Holiday. That's my favorite. Oh, that's a good movie. I, I actually, movie. yeah, I have seen that. I was about to say I've never seen that. And I was like, no, I have. That's one of my sister's favorite movies. Really? Yeah. Well, then you guys should both watch Toys. Okay. Just because of Ella Cool J. Yes. No, but Toys is like really interesting. It's about like this secret project to basically like make it so like video games are actually like fighting weapons. Uh-huh. And so like this guy is like trying to make these kids like into like actual like plane pilots, but from a video. It's I'm into it. Yeah, it's great. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it came out like what? It's fine. It's like the 90s or early. I think it's the 90s, actually. Um, so it would just be more How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You, Mercy, Mercy Me, It Takes Two, Gotta Give It Up. Plenty of other songs, too, that he uh, had a hand in in some capacity. So that is the life of two of the Gordies. Of the Gordies. The, the two eldest Gordy gals. Gordy gals, Gordy gals. Yeah. So my sources were dailydetroit.com, uh, variety.com, Wikipedia, um, Spotify. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, Gordy gals. Yes. I love that. Cause like really the only Gordy you hear about is Barry. So like, so like kind of get some more insight on his sisters. Cause like, that's why I wanted to explore, explore them a little bit. And also just, again, going to this talk in the library, it was so good. I took I took a lot of notes, but I had never thought about them either. Right. Especially Esther, because like, you can totally see her being the brains behind Motown. Like, not that Barry Gordy wasn't important. He was like yeah. the charm, the face. Well, he had the idea. Yeah. He was the idea man, for sure. He... You know, he kind of and he had, like you said, the charm that he had the, the charisma to actually go and talk to people and talk yeah. people into doing things. But you need to have more behind you. You know what I mean? The person who's like structured, organized mm-hmm. and gets shit done. Yeah. You need just get shit done. Tina Fey. You need that front man yeah. for sure. But you need the, the structure underneath that front man supporting that front man. Yeah. So and I mean, they changed the face of music in general. 100%. So. NBD. Yeah. No, not uh, BD. BD. Yes. VBD. VBD. Oh, I was about to say that. Yes. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Thanks for that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, sorry for being late, but I was uh, 
no. changing my subject to that. So, um, <laughs> or while well, trying to get more research. I didn't even know you were late. So you were fine. Oh, never mind. I was so on time. You were so on time. Um, are you ready for some two truths and a lie? I would love that. Um, it's about your favorite topic. Oh no. Is it sarcastic or not sarcastic? Our, both of our favorite holiday. It's about Valentine's day. It sure is. Yeah. So, so it was sarcastic. Yeah. I think we both know what our favorite holiday is. One, two, three. Flag holiday. day. Fuck you. <laughs> Get out yeah. of my house. Okay, no, it's definitely yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Flag day. <laughs> I do love the Saturday Night Live song, Flag Day. Flags of the world. <laughs> do you remember that one? I kind of do. Yeah. Um, the lyric I remember that is like, naughty little strap-on flag. And there's just like a person wearing a strap-on flag. <laughs> um, anyway, that's yes. neither here nor there. Yes. Valentine's Day. Yes. Valentine's Day, fact number one. Yes. Valentine's Day is the biggest holiday for sending flowers. Okay. Fact number two. Men spend on average twice as much as women do on Valentine's Day gifts. Fact number three. Hallmark made the first mass-produced Valentine's Day card in 1913. This is tough. It is. Because I feel like they all have they all have a note of truth in them. Yeah. Pretty sure. I feel like you could have fudged the numbers in number three, but did you make it that easy for me? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you were a little more creative than that this time. Maybe maybe you pushed it somewhere else. I don't know. Uh, yep. Flip that wig. Yeah. I was, I was like wondering if you're going to mention the fact <laughs> there was a wig sitting in a box in the corner. I'm not going to put this on for this recording. That did not seem weird to me at all. Oh, I know. We know each other too yeah. well. <laughs> Like, that's just like, oh, Alex is doing Alex things. I was wearing a wig yesterday. Um, <laughs> we stand awake in Detroit Strange. Yes. Um, what was, the, I'm sorry, what was the first one again? Just Valentine's Day is the biggest holiday for sending flowers. I'm going to guess that's the lie. It is. Yes. Can you guess which holiday is the most for sending flowers? Mother's Day. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I originally had the first fact is Valentine's Day is the biggest holiday for sending cards. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. that would have been an easy yeah that wouldn't have sunk me as much yeah it wouldn't it what the number one for cards yeah um mother's day nope okay then christmas yeah okay um just some more fun valentine's day stats um <laughs> give them to me <laughs> more than a third of men don't care if they don't get a v-day gift all right. Shocking. Um, an 18% <laughs> More than a third. There's two thirds of men out there caring if they get a Valentine's Day gift. Is that what that statistic is like trying to insinuate? Men can be petty and just be like, well, I got them something. Then they get me something. <sighs> okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, I want, I, I want to know how that uh, statistic came oh, into being. 100%. Um, and 18% of women send themselves flowers. You know what, though? Actually, I would like to do a poll. If you are a man... Let us know your thoughts on Valentine's Day get gifts. Yeah. And if you care. Yeah. Are there, is that that's it. That's oh, what, that I only had a couple of fun facts. There's only so many fun facts you knew about a holiday that's shit. Yeah. Well, and I, let's go stomp on some snakes at the oh, that's St. Patrick's that's Day. That's St. Patrick's Day, but there is something else like gross like that for St. Valentine's Day, I think. I don't know. Now I always think the um the massacre. Yeah. Like always oh, I knew about it before, but since I like actually read about it for the uh one of our episodes. The Purple Gang episode. Yeah. yeah. Now that's all I can think about when I hear Valentine's. I'm like, oh, St. Valentine's. Oh, St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> so I think of blood now. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, yeah. So, so those are fun, though. Yeah. I, I figured one of us would probably do Valentine's Day. Well. I was just like, it's this week. I'll do Valentine's yeah, Day. That's fair. That's I've fair. already done too much about the Oscars. That's fair. Speaking of Valentine's Day, we have to go get some some sort of food. Yeah. <laughs> we need some kind of food and probably go see that Dr. Spookers that your videos are in. Yes. Let's do it. Yesterday, um, I had a lot of fun because yeah. I got to dress as a zombie. I love the Snapchat you sent me. Yes. I looked terrifying. Yes. I may have or may have not had fake blood all over my face from chewing on an arm. Fun. <laughs> um, Was it a fake arm you were chewing on a reel? I mean, you have to see the video. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Fine. Fair. Yeah. But yeah, so you'll go see it. Yeah. Yay. I'll that's fun. That's fun. Um, it should be good. Uh, and for anybody out there listening, you should also come see it. Yeah, it you'll at, see us there. Yeah. Planet Ant. It is, I believe, 750. Quite the deal. What a bargain. Yeah, 8 p.m. this Friday, the 14th. Hey. If you come, I'll even give you a hi. <laughs> You're going to say a hug. And I was like, wow. No. That's very kind. No touching. Just a hi. That's fair. Yeah. And I'll give you a high five. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you really want to double down this week. Yeah. On the 13th Thursday. Vagina you know monologues. It. You know them. Go you love see them. It. Even if you're not into them, they're great. Vaginas. Yeah. Their monologues are good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the 13th Emerald Theater, Mont Clemens, supports a good cause. Turning point. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think those are all our plugs that aren't us, right? I Yeah. I feel plugged out at the moment. I feel I'll, that's do, good. I'll do our plugs then. Yeah. <laughs> so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Detroit Strange. Uh, Detroit Strange on Facebook. If you want to send us an email with anything you want to send us. DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and nope, let me try again. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on any where you listen to podcasts that allows you to rate and review. Because I use Stitcher, and there's no reviewing on that. Yeah, I don't know of anywhere outside of Apple. I mean, there might be, but I yeah, yeah. Just like tell your friends. Yeah, and our you know our one review on there is getting lonely. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> please head on over and give add it a another. Friend. Yeah, yeah. But I think um, uh, that wraps us for this episode. Oh, yay. We did yeah. it. Now we can go watch the Oscars. Oh. But until next time. Stay, stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Sax and Violence. 